Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. I got this joke here through the mail from Roger Trombold from the Centralia branch. There was a senior citizen who had bought a brand new Mercedes convertible SLK. He took off down the road, flooring it to 80 miles an hour, and he enjoyed the wind blowing through what little hair he had left on his head. This is great, he thought, and he floored it some more. Then he looked in his rearview mirror, and there was a highway state trooper behind him. And he thought, I can get away with him with no problem. And he floored it, and he was doing 120 miles an hour. Then he thought, now what am I doing? I'm too old for this kind of thing. He pulled over to the side of the road and waited for the state trooper to catch up with him. The trooper pulled in behind the Mercedes and walked up to the man and said, Sir, my shift ends in 30 minutes, and today is Friday the 13th. If you can give me one good reason why you're speeding that I've never heard of before, I'll let you go. The man looked back at the trooper and said, Years ago, my wife ran off with one of you state troopers, and I thought you was trying to bring her back. (laughs) The state trooper replied, Have a nice day, sir. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. All the parents say amen. Amen. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Meaning, there was a postscript along with that commandment. There was a promise along with that commandment. We know that there were two tables of stone because we've seen that with Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. But there were two tables of stone, and we think that there was five commandments on one and five on the other, but that's incorrect. There were four commandments on one. That was our relationship with God. And we can find this in Exodus chapter 20. All those commandments have to deal with mankind's relationship with God. The last six has to deal with mankind's relationship to man. And the first one of those is honor your mother and father, P.S. Who knows the rest of that? Yeah, that your days may be long. First commandment with a promise, that your days will be long. Or it's just like we've seen on the video, or they can take you out. Verse 3, that it may be well with you, and this is the the promise, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of God, doing the will of God from the heart. Lord, take the words that we will speak here this day, and I'm praying, Lord, that it will be helpful and beneficial to all. In Jesus' name, amen. I have long since forgot the man's name that wrote this. 
but he was a songwriter. And he, this is his take, and again, I don't remember the man's name. This is this man's take on the prodigal son. Feeling footloose and frisky, a feather-brained fellow forced his father to fork over the farthings and then flew far to foreign fields and frittered away his fortune. Feasting fabulously with faithless friends, fleeced by his fellows in folly, and facing famine, he found himself a feed flinger in a filthy farmyard. Fairly famishing, he fain would have filled his frame with forished food from fodder fragments. He said, Phooey, my father's flunkies fare far finer. <laughs> the fragile fugitive, frankly facing facts, frustrated by failure and filled with foreboding, fled forthwith to his family. And falling at his father's feet, he forlornly fumbled, Father, I flunked. I fruitlessly forfeited family favor. The far-sighted father frantically flagged the flunkies to fetch a fatling from the flock to fix a feast. The fugitive's fault-finding brother frowned on fickle forgiveness of former falderall. The faithful father said, the fugitive is found. What forbids fervent festivity? Let flags be unfurled, let fanfares flare. And he ends with this. The father's forgiveness formed the foundation for the former fugitive's future fortitude. And now these are my words on that last sentence. The father's forgiveness was what the son built upon for a strong future. Read that again. The father's forgiveness was what the son built upon for a strong future. I want that first slide, and we'll start off with that. And some of you have seen this before because you've asked me for copies of it afterwards. This is what smart men do. Smart men worship at their worship. Smart men work at their work. And smart men play at their play. This is what stupid men do. Stupid men play at their worship. They worship at their work. And they work at their play. Now, I hope that does not describe any of you here that fall into the stupid category. But there are people in my mind that I think of when I read those very words. And that's unfortunate. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but I had to speak unto you as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For heretofore, or up to this point, you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able to bear it. Paul's saying there is a time that is right for you to take in milk. And then after that, you're to take in manna. And then after that, you're to take in meat. It shows that you are growing. There's time for milk. 
there's time for meat. And how are the ways that you can get your steak done? You can get your steak done rare, medium rare, medium well, and well done. Joy Taylor, who is one of the most finicky eating people I've ever seen, will order a steak, just make it rare. And it's like a bloodbath by the time that she's done. It sickens you out to watch it. And I think, how can this be the same finicky eater? I don't understand that. It needs to be under the fi- it needs to be on the fire a little bit longer. And I think that gets down to a good point. How much fire do we want in each one of our lives? The stake of your life needs to be to where your life is well done, to where when Jesus looks at you at judgment, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not medium rare, thou good and faithful servant. Here are the keys to a good Christian life, and it's an old, old song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus and to trust and obey. The story that I heard years ago about Reggie Jackson being in Vegas, and a woman had won a whole bunch of money. And she had, had had her chips, she cast her chips in, and now she's got her money bags with her, and she's clutching them for dear life, trying to hopefully she can get to her room and hide them and spend the night, and then in the morning, she'll put them in her suitcase, and she'll hurry home, and she'll have made her money in Vegas. And she gets on the elevator, it goes up a floor, it stops, and a big African-American man walks in, and it's Reggie Jackson. And she didn't know who Reggie Jackson was. And Reggie Jackson looked over at her, and her clutching her money with all that she's worth, and he said, lady, hit the floor. (laughs) And she just went berserk. She fell down on the floor. (laughs) Don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me. And he goes, no, lady, the floor. What floor do you want to go on the... the (laughs) And the next day, she went to check out, and the man there at the the station, or at the... uh, uh, What do they call it? At the front desk... At the front desk, he's going is to uh, check her out, and, and he says, ma'am, uh, your bill's already been paid. And she goes, what do you mean? He said, well, it was uh, Reggie Jackson came in, he paid your bill, and he left you this note. And she opened up the note and said, uh, I was more than happy to pay your bill. That's the best laugh I've had all year long. <laughs> You know, if we was all as quick to, uh, uh, to hit the floor, if we was all as quick to do what God asked us to do in His Word as what that woman was when she heard Reggie Jackson say, hit the floor, hit the floor, hit the floor. 
We need to this day, and I think it's good to set aside a day to honor dear old dad that brings home the bacon, and some of you can even cook it up in a pan, and you're, you're bound and determined that your kids get them gifts, and your wife gets them gifts, and on Father's Day, you're good to get a matching pair of socks. But it's all right because it's dad. <laughs> Honor your dad. My dad. And I thought the other day, uh, it's, it's like that Seinfeld episode where Kramer said you can start a lot of good sentences by saying, my wife. And I, I tell you what, I can, say a, I can start a lot of good sentences saying, my, my dad. My dad. My dad was a patient man. I do not take after my dad in that regard. <laughs> I take more after my mom. My dad, much like my brother, could tell a real good story. I mean, just, he'd just draw you right in. Dad told one, one time when he had, this was way before, how many remembers before cell phones? It's like, man, what did we do before cell phones? But dad had trouble with his truck. He's long side of the road, and he walked to the nearest house. And he called mom to come and get him. And she brought the, I think they, she may have been driving a Buick at that time, but, but brought her car and got in front of dad, lined, lined up in front of dad, and dad had a, the chain, and, and he hooked up his, uh, the front bumper of his truck onto mom's car and said, now, Iris, don't go, uh, don't go any faster than uh, 35 miles an hour. And dad told me later on, he says, Mark, she must have thought I said start out at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> because when she took off, she spun gravel and jerked the bumper plumb off. And dad said, I'm just sitting there watching as she goes plumb over the hill with the bumper just going... And he said, 30 minutes later, said she came back with a bumper in the trunk. And he probably didn't get real, uh, he probably didn't get real excited about that. Probably didn't get real excited about that. My dad received Jesus Christ as his savior, and when he did, it changed our whole family. And when my dad said, Mark, you're getting up and going to church, I went, even though I didn't want to go. But worse, I didn't want his 11 and a half in a certain part of my anatomy either. <laughs> but it made a huge difference for our family. My dad didn't do most of the spanking. He left that up to mom. He didn't want to deprive her of her goodies in life. But what spankings that I do remember uh, from dad, they were memorable. Mom, she bought a paddle, but by the time I was, she, by the time she done that, I was already out of the house. And I think maybe Greg, he was um, maybe 17 or so. But uh, she, she bought that paddle. And all my, my sisters, they've got their names. Every time they had a spanking, got a spanking they, from mom, they wrote their names on that paddle. That's where all my sisters learned how to write. <laughs> yeah. 
But I can is what makes a great man. And that's what my dad was about. He could do things. And I miss my dad. I told some men just the other day that my dad's the only one that would tell me, Mark, that second point you made in the service, that just wasn't, that wasn't clear enough. Or he would say, Mark, you need to carry some breath mints on you. Your breath stinks. <laughs> and I think nobody else would tell me that, but dad would. So I miss my dad. And I think we need to give it up for dad. And for those of you that your dads are still here, you need to, you need to honor your dad. Amen. Yeah, but my dad had shortcomings. Well, so do you. <laughs> so do you. I'm going to hear women say, well, my husband, he's got all these faults and this fault and that fault. And I think you ought to thank God for your husband having him fault. It was those very faults that kept him from getting a better wife. I, uh, if they would show, Valerie, show that other slide of Abraham Lincoln. This is one of the best things that, that I have ever used down through the years, and I've used it time and time again. And I'll read it for the sake of the people that will be listening to this CD. Abraham Lincoln, 1863, he failed in business. And that numbers, that numbers incorrect. In 1832, he was defeated for legislature. In 1833, he failed in business. In 1834, he was elected to legislature. In 1838, he was defeated for speaker. In 1840, he was defeated for elector. In 1843, he was defeated for Congress. In 1846, he was elected to Congress. In 1848, he was defeated for Congress. In 1855, he was defeated for Senate. In 1856, he was defeated for Vice President. In 1858, he was defeated for Senate. And in 1860, he was elected President of the United States of America. It was the crucible of that man's life was what we needed. We needed a man like that that went through those things to get us through the Civil War. We needed that man. We needed that man. We didn't need a man that had been raised up in a soft and, and sheltered existence. And everything that he had went through helped us get through the Civil War. So I want to say that, again, being a man is not always the easiest thing to do. But thank God for people that will stand up to the plate and be counted. Of the 100 biggest churches in America, every pastor there has, is different, but every pastor has something in common. They all persevered. And I think, dads, that's one of the greatest things that we can have because we're all going to be, we're all going to have 
uh, weaknesses. We're all going to have flaws. But, man, I think everybody can persevere. Everybody can go ahead, and even when the times is rough, uh, go ahead and be the man that you need to be. And I salute and thank God for every man that we have in this building. I salute you because it is what makes Orchardville Church the strong place that it is. It's because of ladies. you got to hear me and know my heart here. But a lot of churches have a lot of good women, but very few churches have this many good men. And I do think it's what brings the stability and the strength to Orchardville Church is all these good men that we have. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.